What's up, hikers and mountaineers? Welcome back to another episode of the Badia Summit podcast. My name is Kiprono Letting, the host. And today we have a special guest. He's a special guest to me. He's someone that has inspired my hiking journey. I've hiked with his company, Hike Maniac, many, many times. And uh, Hike Maniac is an outdoor tour company, specializes in hiking tours. He offers a wide, wide variety of hikes in East Africa and also beyond East Africa in Nepal. So you can go with them to Everest Base Camp. And he also has an award-winning documentary named after himself. It's about his journey to Everest. And with that said, Kitonga Wandai, Karibu Sana. Asante Sana. It's nice to have you on the podcast. Uh, shukran, shukran, shukran. And it was also your birthday last week, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Are we revealing ages? Uh, it's already out there. <laughs> <laughs> you turned 40. <laughs> yes. Does, does life really begin at 40? Uh, I think so. Yeah. You know, in, in a few ways, you're you able to shed a few masks and uh, you're more in touch with yourself. Mm. I feel like uh, yeah, it's a beautiful time to be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. So I want to start a conversation today, let's say, with, uh, let's say, before Hike Maniac, like, what was your life like before Hike Maniac, and then how did you get into hiking, yeah. and then now starting Hike Maniac? Yeah, um, yeah, my background is totally not in the outdoors. Um, so I worked for a corporate before, and then for the development world, like the NGO world a bit. And then uh, after that is when I shifted uh, into into hiking specifically, actually. Uh, that was in 2016, mid-2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had been hiking for on my, like for just my enjoyment since 2004. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 2004, that's... 18 years. <laughs> 18 okay. years, yeah, yeah. And, then, and there was quite a break immediately after college a bit, uh, mm. uh, work and all that, but I recovered my footing and, yeah, but basically I have been, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, hiking has been with me for quite some time, yeah. And then, uh, okay, I'm just curious to know, what was like your first hike? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we, I was, uh, I was in, the President's Award, I don't know if you have heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, mm. um, and internationally, it's more known as the International Award. Mm. Uh, and uh, I joined the Kenyatta University chapter. Mm. Uh, and that's where I did my first like domic- documented hike. And it was such an amazing experience, but uh, I was so unprepared for it. Where was it? Uh, it was in Ukambani, mm. and actually it was a hiking camp. It was for three, two nights, uh, mm. three days. Uh, and uh, yeah, we used to do uh, really rudimentary gear. Right? I think I, I had some, uh, like, I had bought in butter, like, mm. <laughs> and jeans. <Nine> too. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but despite everything, it was like really one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. Mm. I remember it like it's yesterday, um, uh, from finding bearings to the next destination, 
from a com- using a compass and a map and all these things and working with a team. Mm. I think that's the first time I, re- I led a team because I was the group leader for the team that I had. Mm. Uh, and I think that experience really informed even the forming of Hikimaniac and what kind of format we use uh, uh, when we work with people on the trails and all that. Mm. So when did you start Hikimaniac? Hikimaniac was founded in 2016, mm. uh, mid-2016. Uh, in fact, I think we had uh, 2016 April there is when we had wanted to go, but I think we our first hike was on 1st of June mm. of 2016. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, how many hikes so far as, as a company have you facilitated? Oh, Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, count, the count is, is, is crazy right now, I think, uh, because... Uh, it's only 2016 we didn't do a hike every Saturday of the year. Mm. But after 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 affected slightly by the COVID, but we have always had a hike every Saturday of the, mm. every Saturday of the year. Uh, and there's so many other uh, hikes that have been done outside the calendar. Uh, and so really the, maybe we can just maybe do an average of like 49 hikes a year mm. <laughs> for every Saturday, multiplied by the years we have in existence, mm. uh, to give us a good a good estimate. Six uh, times, uh, let's uh, say 50, uh, so 300 uh, or something. Yeah. Plus. Yeah, 300 plus. Okay, nice. And, and those are just the ones happening on Saturday. So those are, we have not counted the Mount Kenyas, we mm. have not counted the Kilimanjaros, we have not, like the big mountains. Yeah, I like hike mania because of like the variety. You know, you can do hikes like all over Kenya, yeah, yeah, rock climbing. Yeah, yeah. If you want to climb Batian, mm. you offer. I, I think from the word go, we, we really wanted to. Hiking is like the core mm. of what we do. Uh, but exploring what else people can be able to do on the outside spaces, and I, th- and I mean the, like the wild spaces. Uh, not just like saying outdoor, mm. <laughs> outside the house, or whatever, but in the outdoor spaces, uh, it's it's really and how we keep doing them, mm. like how how do we keep improving how people experience the outside spaces, is is really our core business, and we will keep uh, trying to do improve how people consume the outside spaces mm. over and over again. Yeah. Would you say there are more hikers now nowadays? Uh, well, yeah, I think they are uh, mm. because. By the time now we were we were starting in 2016, um, uh, there were it's, it was more like trying to make people aware that mm. there's this outdoor activity. But right now, hiking on itself it's it's, it's an activity that Kenyans are, are already aware. Mm. Uh, even the ones that are not hiking. Mm. The, the area that you can be able to step out and go for a hike or something like that. Mm. And so it's really more of winning people into the sport than like really introducing them like it's a new thing. So mm. it's a really beautiful time uh, to be here and uh, to see Kenyans really hiking and enjoying the outside spaces, which is mm. also our like really our core, uh, like how we really wanted when we, our core objective when we started, like we really wanted Kenyans. Kenyans themselves to be mm. able to enjoy the outside spaces because when I was looking at who has written about what about Kenya, 
and the landscape and the mountains and everything. It was really foreign people talking about our landscapes. But right now, I'm really happy we have a forum like this one. We have blogs, so many blogs right now of people's experiences of uh, of their hiking experiences and um, Kenyans, yeah, Kenyans mm. themselves talking about how they have experienced their own landscapes, and that's really beautiful. And also people knowing about other parts of their country where they originally they're not from. Like I have been able to, I'm I'm from Central, but really right now I can say I have almost touched every part of the country in terms mm. of uh, my experiences hiking, um, which is really beautiful. And it demystifies people's cultures, and and we don't have to keep feeling like it's those people. Niawa to peke. Niawa, naniware. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Even like I feel like people even getting to know their country in that way brings a lot of cohesion in the country. Also. Yeah. yeah like it's, mm. oh, nice. So and now I want to talk about like your documentary. Yeah. It's uh, it's called uh, Gitonga Twenty yeah. Twenty. Yeah. And it's about like your journey to Everest. Yeah. Like, how how did that come to be? Yeah. Is it like something you're like, okay, I want to go to Everest Base Camp. I'm going to now document my whole yeah. journey. Yeah. Actually, it was a very random thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I I had always had the dream to go to the Everest Base Camp, and uh, uh, so. When 2017 came, I felt like this urge to make that dream come true. So I sold the, my car at that time mm-hmm. <laughs> to facilitate my going to, to the base camp. And it was really random. Um, I I was not even to take a guide. Um, oh, you can at, go by at, yourself? At, at that time, okay. at that time, you could do Everest base camp by, ah. uh, by just yourself. But mm-hmm. right now, I think they are trying to... Uh, to regulate how people enter the the, uh, the Everest region, this the, the the national park, so they they are requiring that people have to. I think it's just the same thing as here in Mount Kenya, you know, where they have One to guide. like you have to take a guide or something like that. Okay. Uh, so yes, but at that time you could actually go by the the permits mm. and start your trek, and mm. that's exactly what I did. Uh, mm. I left home and I went to to the uh, to Nepal mm. and to the and then just when I was in the airport that morning, as before we flew to Rukla, mm. I met this uh, gentleman from the UK mm-hmm. and a few others. Uh, I think he was with his friend from the he, he was actually not, I think he was with his friend and uh, we started chatting and uh, uh, we got to know each other and I think by the that day. We decided to do this random thing, and oh, so you tapped <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> yeah, oh, like it was, yeah, and uh, uh, I think it it was. Uh, so we talked at Lukla, then I think uh, overnight at uh, Fakding. Yeah. Uh, you are aware of this yeah. uh, these places now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, by the time we were getting to Namcha, we were already now thinking of how to yeah. come. So up what captivated <laughs> him? There's something that captivated him. Um. Well, first is the, uh, uh, I think it's just our meeting. Uh, mm. Him, he was also like resigned from his work and he was also mm. searching like a new path or, uh, you know, he was on his own path to like uh, pursue film and uh, do something for himself. And mm. uh, I also was uh, really in a, in a space where I really wanted to know if 
this outdoor way is the way like, I really wanted to go th- to, towards um, and what I wanted for it. I really wanted clarity on that. Mm. So and I was also about the dream to go to the top of Everest, mm. and uh, I think that really fascinated him uh, as a story, and uh, mm. we decided to uh, to do something together. Yeah. It's like as a as yeah. a whole journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. documentary I'll have the link below yeah. <laughs> for for you to check out the yeah. documentary. Yeah. It's very nice. And then it won the Kisima Awards for best yeah. documentary. Yeah. Yeah, and another yeah. and a host of another a few other awards uh, internationally. Yeah. I think it we also won something for Kedal Mountain Festival, mm. and um, it also featured in uh, Banif Mountain Festival. In, mm. uh, yeah, uh, those are really like prestigious mountain uh, uh, mountain festivals. Yeah. So now, for you to sell your car to do the trek, like, what what did it mean for you at that at that at that moment? The, the, the track itself it really meant a lot um, and because I really wanted to do something really special for myself mm. uh, and to go and experience something different uh, mm. I think that was the biggest thing like I really wanted to go and experience something uh, that that was beyond what I was already like I have been I had been like to uh, the, the East African mountains and I really wanted to see what well, how the world out there in terms of hiking looks like. Mm. And, uh, and j- just the travel in general really opens up your mind in terms of how you think and mm. how you do stuff. Yeah. What what year was that? That was uh, February 20. Actually, it was during winter. <laughs> it was during <laughs> it was, winter? It was, it was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so it was, it was uh, February, uh, February 2017. And actually, okay. what informed is... <laughs> From my research, I noticed that it was it was less crowded because, of course, mm. from when you read something, sometimes you know people can paint like crazy pictures, like it will be so crowded, and even they said like some tea houses you cannot find even a bed. So, mm. they, so for me to be on the safe side, I really wanted to go at a time when I really knew that I would find accommodation, and, mm. and since I didn't have a guide, I really wanted like to be sure of. A number, a number of things. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, did you have a map then, like, to know where to go? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the time, there's <laughs> there was this guy we used to hike with. Mm. Uh, it's called Charles, and works for. I don't think he still works for Kind General at the time. Mm. And he had that this Garmin watch, and uh, mm. I started exploring with him. And he told me you can load maps. Mm. So actually, what I did before I left is I bought. I bought a Garmin watch, <laughs> uh-huh. and I loaded the whole Everest Base Camp trek. Uh-huh. And that's and and that's what I was planning to. But when I got there, the, 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 the things your, were your really. People. There were so many people mm. to interact with, and the trails are also really well marked. Also, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. There's a. Was it during the trail mm-hmm. that you you're like, okay, now I'll do this trek yeah. and then climb Everest later, yeah. or had yeah. you decided before you started the trek? Well, I I had the I had all. Felt like I really wanted to do uh, the, the dream itself to go to the Everest, but I also wanted to like have this understanding of the region, mm. and uh, you know there's one way you can have uh, just a dream, but you also now need to take like steps towards towards it, mm. and one of the one of the things was to go to to trek to the base camp to see the mountain itself and also mm. just to learn how 
like uh, what do I need uh, specific? Of course, you can find this information on the website, but really, mm. you really need to have tangible information about about the yeah. about the region and about how to go about the climb. Yeah. And how was the feeling like, like uh, to to see it? Because there's this scene, uh, like in the uh, documentary. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know, was it when you're in Kalapata uh, or base camp? Uh, uh, you know, when you saw Everest, uh, yeah. Uh, I, it was like an emotional moment. You know, I I don't, I don't know how your feeling was, but mm. you know, every time, even now when I. I'm walking around even now here instead. And you look up in the mountains, sometimes you see like there are mountains mm. <laughs> in the clouds. Mm. Because in the in the in the region, every side you turn, like there's there's a whole mountain poking the uh, poking the skies mm. like in a in so beautiful mm. way. And that in itself really captured my attention and I, like that trip in itself went beyond what I expected mm. in terms of trekking to the base camp and uh, and also give me uh, an opportunity to even interact with new people and the, uh, the culture itself also uh, in in very uh, in very intimate way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When it was it was after the trek, then you're like, okay, if I, I'm going to set a date. Yes. And then now work <laughs> towards you know the actual climb now. Yes. Actually, how I came up with the. Uh, as I was reading literature surrounding Everest, uh, I found that the average age of Everesters at the time mm. was 40 years. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. And, and that's how I said the date. And also, of course, I wanted to allow, at the time I only had one child, so mm. I, I wanted to allow him to uh, to be at the age where I could explain to him uh, like how the project looks like and uh, like he could be able to perceive uh, what it means uh, to go out there mm. and to climb a mountain and to climb such a mountain and to just be exactly. away for like so he, months. He turned eleven. He turned eleven this year, mm. so I knew he would be eleven at the time. And yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it was forty when you you had planned to do it. Yes, when yes. You're forty. Yeah, and then when the, the, the year I turned forty, basically, ah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's that's how I had looked at it. Yeah. So oh. I would have already submitted by now. If everything went as planned, yeah. Uh, so, oh, so I want to talk about like like the your journey then, like initially, like how was your plan, like uh, like preparation to yeah, okay to yeah. before so, the climb. Yeah, it it was a very relaxed uh, kind of prep. Yeah, yeah, because there was a whole five years in between, yeah. in between the time, actually almost six years, yeah. in between the time I was there and the time I had decided now it's, it's when, um, and much of it, I knew the, the problem would not be so much on the, on the physicality of it, mm. but <laughs> on the fundraising. Mm. And it's, it was really quite a struggle to, to, uh, to approach and talk to, uh, to, uh, uh, to would be sponsors mm. uh, of of such, uh, but we kept going, mm. and uh, I'm really grateful because by the time, by the time I was going for the final prep mm. uh, climb, that is Himulum last year October, mm. uh, there was a substantial amount for me to be able to do at least Himulum, which cost almost um, ten thousand uh, ten thousand dollars ten thousand US, 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 US
uh, from flights and everything else, mm. uh, and, and gear, <laughs> which was like an 8,000 8, 8, meter gear, mm. which I still have. <laughs> it's just waiting for me to, to be ready to go to uh, the big mountains and, mm. and I'll be able to. What's the average cost to do Everest? Um, the average, uh, I think between 50,000 to 6,000 should be able to comfortably do the Everest climb. It's like six million shillings. About six million Kenyan shillings. So, during like your, you said like your last prep was Himalung Yes. Everything was like going according to your plan in terms of preparation, readiness. Yeah. And then, I know like the what happened that what uh, how, how you you couldn't be able to do yeah, the yeah, climb yeah, this year yes, yeah. and then so i want to talk about like your experience now in himlung himal yeah. right it was yeah. a seven thousand meter yeah it was a seven thousand meter and yeah. then this is the prep now to do yeah that will allow me yeah. to, uh, to to be able to go to uh, to like I it was a prep hike basically to, uh, a prep climb to uh like gauge myself and how I'm feeling and how yeah. Yeah, yeah. altitude wise yeah, altitude wise physical wise yeah. Yeah, yeah so I don't know how to just say yes. it we blood like, yeah. so during the climb yeah. I mean um, it was during the summit push right yes 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 so you're climbing you leave camp yeah, yeah. Uh, Himal is yeah. 7,100 yeah. 129 meters, yeah. 129 yeah. meters. Yeah. 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 and then Everything was going on well, yeah. and then, yeah. Uh, so you 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 are asking about the incident on the yeah on the, the, on, the on the summit day. yeah yeah yeah. yeah so uh, these are the, of course the the events I tried to narrate them in mm. <laughs> in a recent uh, uh, speaking engagement that I uh, yeah, yeah engaged uh, talk uh, the engaged talk um, yeah. Uh, but so the prep the, the the climb was really going very well. I, I didn't have any issue of altitude or 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 in, like beyond what I have ever felt before in terms of it's not like when I say there is no it's not like I'm not feeling mm. uh, of course the the attitude at that level is very suppressive mm. uh, any mountain like beyond five thousand you already start feeling uh, some form of uh, either your stomach is rumbling you have a headache or mm. Or just even just the feeling like uh, you you are a bit low from no, uh, low in yeah, um, choker, yeah. Mm. But uh, the, the we had a very good and relaxed uh, climb itinerary. I think we arrived in um, uh, I was in I was in Nepal by seventeenth of October, mm. uh, of fifteenth of October. I Last departed, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I departed for Himalayan on seventeenth. And reached the base camp on twenty fourth or twenty third there about, mm -hmm. and I think after that we did a few orientations about the climb, uh, how to manage a fall, how to like really intense uh, uh, training on the base camp, uh, and the base camp at that time was really covered in snow, uh, mm. like it's almost knee knee deep snow, mm. but it had already stopped snowing and the, the sun was coming out almost every day. It was really beautiful, and we started the rotations. We did the first rotation to Camp One and came back to Base Camp. Rotation Two, go to uh, 
go to camp two, touch camp two, come sleep on in camp one, mm -hmm. and then return to base camp. And then we were waiting for the last, actually they were suggesting like the last window of the climb. Yeah, because in November now we are, we are in the Himalayas, we are starting to touch the, the winter. But there were very strong winds uh, that were in the higher mountains. Um, so yeah, and on that we departed, um, uh, we departed camp, uh, base camp, in good, in good shape and in, in very high spirits. Um, in, a, in my party, we were three of us, um, and uh, we had already really like gelled as a team. Uh, but uh, when we got uh, in my team, a lady from Netherlands and a gentleman from Germany, and uh, but going the following day, going to come to the lady from uh, Netherlands uh, decided to turn back, and we proceeded with my with, the, with my friend uh, Tobias to come to. Um, yeah, and we had a not there was not so much sleep to talk about in camp two, oh, how <laughs> which camp was two? Uh, six thousand two hundred. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we we by midnight we started on fourth of November last year. Mm -hmm. uh, we started our way up uh, uh, Himlung, uh, and uh, it's only in the morning, uh, like about six thirty-ish there. Or maybe earlier, uh, maybe five thirty. The mountain sometimes the light can come a bit early. So, but that's the first time I noticed that there was a problem with my vision, um, and uh, it was a bit foggy, blurry. I could not see very well. So I asked uh, my guy, uh, my shepherd at that time, and I asked him, "Is it foggy or uh, it's it's my eyesight that is not okay?" And uh, at first I, I ignored it, you know, like it's, it's nothing. I have never seen something like that. It's, it has been the night, so mm. I had already ruled out there's an event of um, snow blindness mm. uh, because there's, there's no light shining back to me. So there was, yeah, yeah. And uh, 30 minutes later after that, mm. after that is when I went totally into darkness and I could not see anything. Mm. Uh, uh, but on the flip side, Probably that could have really been the, the only thing that probably saved this hand uh, from frostbite, the whole of it. Because if probably I could have gone, because I think I was freezing, but I was, my mind was not registering it. Mm. Uh, because the cold I was feeling is the cold, I, it's not something that I have never felt before. Uh, and uh, so even when we are going down after that incident, when I decided, and this was at uh, about 6,950, when mm. we decided now, uh, I, I am not seeing around. We have to turn around and mm. figure out how we go down. Um, there was, other than that time, actu the actual time when now uh, we are trying to figure out how to, uh, uh, to go down, to, to go down mm. uh, which was, which could have been harder, but it was easy. And, and this is now where the climbing skills come in because it was very easy to, even in, Mm. Without seeing, I was very easy for me to, to like upsell uh, to upsell. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and 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 the rescue, uh, the rescue was not as as bad as it would have been if I didn't know how to to upsell on my own. Yeah. So when yeah. like you couldn't see what, what what was going like through so your the, mind, the, so then? the actual thing, mm. uh, like the the actual diagnosis, is my cornea had frozen mm. in the morning, gushing winds, 
that's what happened. And, uh, uh, and, and it could be explained actually because even immediately after I went down and uh, it was warmer and all that, I was, I was mm. able to regain my sight, albeit with pain, yeah. I was able to, I was able to, uh, to regain my sight. And through that, you mentioned you got frostbite. Yeah, so mm. through that, I got frostbite. And this uh, um, is to mention that I had like proper gear. Uh, I, I um, and, uh, for 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 a seven thousand mountain, mm. and uh, both hands were in the same kind of gloves. Mm. Um, uh, but maybe probably this because it's the one that was holding the. Um, it's called what? Uh, this guy. Juma, the Juma. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe it was more exposed to the to mm. the winds and all that uh, mm. because it's what I was using more on the on the on the mountain could have could have. But then again, it doesn't explain how the other two survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's always a lot of questions surrounding that. But um, yeah, we are here. <laughs> we are here now. So after that, uh, I got an evacuation from about six thousand. 400 from the mountain, 300 there about. Helicopter. Yeah, uh, helicopter. Mm. And uh, uh, went to the hospital and we tried to do what we could do to to get the hands back. Mm. Uh, the eyesight was already back. Yeah, but uh, eventually I came back home and uh, the doctor's recommendation was, of course, uh, the it's a very funny condition actually. Mm. And uh, probably everyone going now uh, up to uh, going to a higher mountain, and, and especially because in the Kenyan in the Kenyan context, we are start. This is now when we are starting to uh, to experience like the big mountains. Mm. I think people should uh, be able to take deeper and, and more uh, to to pay more attention with your body mm. and really to 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 feel how. Uh, so, so, like for frost, what what's like the first things like they try to do? They say. Uh, they, uh, for the first time, there's nothing much mm. uh, because, and, and especially from uh, the hospitals in Nepal, really, um, uh, probably I would have gone into an oxygen chamber to try and uh, 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 get more oxygen into the into the fingers uh, mm. within within maybe 24 hours or so, um, uh, which didn't happen. Yeah, mm. but so. Uh, more, if you know that you're not going back to the cold, <laughs> there's very easy remedies to put the fingers into warm water and in intervals mm -hmm. and in the hope that actually you might recover. Yeah. Uh, and also, they, uh, especially for the doctors, also they, di they really did, uh, even in Nepal, uh, they really did a lot of uh, blood thinners mm -hmm. uh, into the system uh, to, to try and see if the blood is thin, could be able to circulate to the to the fingers, mm. and uh, it doesn't look. Actually, immediately after the impact is when you can see the the color change. Mm -hmm. Immediately after you leave, they turn back to almost like normal. Normal. Mm -hmm. You cannot even tell like there's any uh, unless you you're in a cold place where you can feel like actually the fingers have, and now <laughs> the rot is a very gradual mm. and the most thing that you can ever even wish on anyone because it's you seeing your body die every single day. Mm. Yeah. 
and it was at what period like after the climb and then to when it starts like rotting so you you start uh, so first because it's actual it's actually a burn so mm. soon it starts to form like blisters mm-hmm. on the surface of this of the skin and then after this uh, uh, the the blisters dry up and then of course now the fingers dry up so and that the demarcation to happen up to like the finger to show up to where the impact was took two months for me mm. yeah so it was between november and january mm. that, that that process happened yeah. and then the the doctor said like yeah yeah to yeah so they had we had to we had to amputate uh, yeah yeah these are two but fingers there yeah two fingers yeah uh, on the right hand now like you know we like climbing these mountains and all these things <laughs> like 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 how, how was it the moment for you and was it something you feel maybe it's not for me anymore or yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, uh, of course there's a it comes to the lot of bitterness at first mm. i think it's it's it amounts to any loss really like any loss that you value first you are in denial mm. uh, then and then you go uh, all those processes they call them processes of grief and then finally acceptance Except, yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, there are five of them i think <laughs> five of them. Yeah, yeah 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 so i think that's exactly what happened with me um uh, but i feel like also the, the very mountain that uh, uh, because I, i i think maybe in a few posts on my social medias i have always tried to describe how how the evolution of that process happened mm. um because beyond that i always felt like we are in this relationship with the mountain that was so tight like mm. we could never never uh, not inform each other mm. <laughs> of the happen like i always felt and for me uh, like if i knew something was going wrong i i i had no like it was a must that i get to the top no it, that was not for me and even if, uh in any mountain i have turned from mountains enough times mm. um, uh, when i know the safety levels of of what i'm doing is 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 is, is not working so mm. uh there was not a question of either i insisted on this or or not yeah so there's is i i always feel like it should have told me like you know mm. <laughs> uh, at what point for me to go back but uh this this it's now in the past yeah. <laughs> we can we cannot and like we how cannot, we cannot change the hands of time yeah. and currently like how are you now <laughs> like climbing mountains and all yeah, yeah, yeah. it um so th- there was that f- first initial like really trying to figure out okay where do you go and, mm. and, I, and I, as i said it's the two months were really dark months like really um uh but i'm also grateful for family of course uh, mm. really for because there was now the, the, there was a time like i would not be able to use uh, this hand for for anything uh because the doctors had already recommended that it needs to be dry at all times Mm-hmm. uh so that it reduces the infection on the on the affected parts so there was a lot of really being looked after 
almost like a child. So like, there was a lot that went into family to look after you before, but mostly after the surgery. Mm. Like, really, there, there was a lot of really uh, uh, close care <laughs> uh, where people have to be there to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then friends also. I really friends who who came, who sent presents, who sent books, especially mm-hmm. <laughs> at that time. No books. <laughs> yeah, book, okay. yeah. Fiction or non-fiction. <laughs> fiction and non-fiction. Like, yeah, really, okay. uh, those are the things that really used to keep me alive. And uh, yeah. and people coming over to just talk uh, stories and previous uh, previous adventures. That's why really, really amazing times uh, for. Uh, to to see people just come in mm. and have a conversation at that time. And how is life nowadays? Yeah, now I think uh, I'm, uh, the process for the surgery took about two and a half months because mm. there were a number of surgeries that uh, three of them, and then after immediately after I had a travel, and uh, uh, one of my friends took me for a hike, the first hike, and it was out there uh, mm. in Europe, so. Uh, it was really oh, Doris. <laughs> Doris, yeah. 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 Uh, so, and, uh, yeah, after that, I think it was really things happening in very quick succession mm. uh, because immediately after I came from that uh, trip, uh, we were ready to go. I think after two weeks, I was uh, we were returning to the base camp. Mm. Uh, I had a trip to the base camp, so it was really meaningful also for me to, uh, even if I was not going to the big, uh, to, uh, to the Everest, to the top of Everest as mm. I had planned earlier. It was also very meaningful. Oh, you went to base camp yeah, with your son, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that trip for him? It was really nice because it's something that we had already planned. Like oh, okay. uh, he was to escort me to the base camp, or at least ah. camp when I have already submitted, whichever. But uh, when it, that didn't happen, uh, uh, I still felt like it was it would be something meaningful for both of us mm-hmm. uh, to go there. And I think in in a big way, it demystified that journey for him. Mm. And what it would have been like to, uh, and I think now, more than before, he really understands what it means to go to the uh, uh, to the big mountains. Mm. And, uh, uh, yeah. He's a hiker now. Yes, um, mm. like proper, <laughs> <laughs> proper one. Uh, but sometimes he also takes quite long breaks, ah, uh, especially okay. after the big mountain. He will, he will, he will tell me for now it's okay. Uh, mm. I I want to do. Uh, I want to do. Uh, I want to do other things. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like for example, I think when we did Mount Kenya the first time, he was seven years. Wow. Yeah. So, and then it took quite a long uh. time to to not long really, but like two years. It took him two years like to to feel like he really needs to go. So we started training again, and mm. we did it in uh, when he was nine. Mm. Uh, so we went to Mount Kenya. We have been to Meru, we have been to, to Kilimanjaro, Kili. yeah, and and now to the Everest. Everest Biska. Biska. Yeah, so wow. it, yeah, it has been a bit of time to spend time also with him. And oh, that's to, nice. Yeah. And now he's eleven years old. Yeah, he he's eleven. Yeah, he's eleven now. Yeah. Eleven half. You know, I was I was asking a lot like about like your recovery process because mm-hmm. you know in in mountaineering, you know, these are the risks that can yeah, happen. Yeah. So like, and for you, it was like as a first yes. time. Yeah. And had you known of anyone else who had um, gone through that, let's say frostbite, yeah. 
yeah. or something. Yeah, I think in April, uh, James Moyer. Oh, James Moyer, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but also mm. within the... Uh, uh, within the um, within my circles of friends mm. like uh, there's this guy uh, his team uh, he also suffered uh, like a few months ago he really suffered a bad frostbite on Anapurna and mm. we have been in communications like in terms of recovery and all that but him he submitted the Anapurna and uh, came down yeah, but he, he was rescued from I think Camp, camp 4 yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, there's, it's quite a lot. You, you talk to people, and uh, even Mohia himself, we, we really mm. talked a lot during that period. Uh, of course, he has been ahead of me in terms of that process. Yeah. Mm. And uh, we, yeah. but of course, the, the, the recovery process was totally different. And the journey really are very unique, also. <laughs> like uh, how, how. How you come back? Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think for him it's more of running and yeah. So like yeah. I have to ask like, do you think like it's worth it? Like really? Oh, I would not say I would not even try to to question why I was there in the first place. Mm. Uh, I think that's not even the question. Uh, I think for me. Uh, uh, I feel like that's where I was meant to be at that point, mm. uh, and I have come to to make peace with it. Uh, I think in every in every in every situation you find yourself in, you have you have the really the you have to make a decision of how you want to take it mm. uh, as a person. Uh, and we find these things even anywhere. You you can mm. have your accident in t- even in your couch at home. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I have I have. Uh, of course, it's not something I could say like I, 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 it's an experience that is present or anything. But um, I have no regrets of choosing the ride in the mountains at all. Mm. Uh, and I feel like this is the space I'm supposed to be in. Uh, even at that time when I was head injury, I was itching to return outside. Mm. Uh, and even the magnitude of the injury itself, I think if I didn't have a, mac- a mountain background and have the same injury, mm. I think it would have been a very big toll on me. Say I lose something, uh, but I don't have the experiences of being in the mountain. I think the mountain itself helped me also heal mm. like knowing where i have been and what i have done there were enough things to tell me you have lived and you have lived well mm. uh, yeah. yeah and to this year you still you climb batian right yes 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. so and that's the amazing thing and mm. the, the bounce back also and this mm. is also to commit to like i have a very good friend called sam who is a climber mm. uh, i was v- i was very conscious about uh, uh, Coming up, uh, back to the to climbing, especially hiking would have been easy. I would have continued hiking. I don't think it would have prohibited me, other than maybe the when it is cold or anything of that. But climbing really requires me to hold rock and climb and and do stuff and really hold gear. Mm. Uh, the hands need to be really uh, on point, otherwise you drop gear or you do something. But 
And I think it has really helped me to bring back the hand into full functionality. Mm. Climbing itself, uh, uh, in itself, has been amazing. So we met one one morning, I think after I had come from the base camp this year, mm-hmm. I think it was in May, uh, we met somewhere in Niaya for breakfast, uh, mm-hmm. Niaya there. Uh, and he told me, just come. You will never know what your hand can do until you do it. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that changed everything. Yeah, uh, especially in terms of climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I appreciate that moment very much. Interesting. And you still have plans for Everest? Yes. Um, mm. uh, all the, all the 8,000. All the 8,000. <laughs> so just an 8,000 people. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have interest with the 8,000 and the big yeah. mountain specifically. So, yeah, uh, and... Uh, we have plans even for next year. Uh, mm. I, I still be leading an expedition to, to the base camp and to the 6,000 next year. Island Peak. Uh, Island Peak or Anlobche. Uh, hopefully you, you have people subscribe for both. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, mm, okay. Uh, yeah, so we will still be playing uh, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the mountains. Uh, okay. Uh, it's amazing how yeah. even like after such experiences in you keep going, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's what life gives you back. So, mm. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And I think maybe moments like those also come to clear up where you where you lie in these things, you know. Maybe mm. I would have opted to if it was not my my space, then I would have opted to walk away and uh, pursue other things, you know. But I think it reinforced my love for the mountain and what I want to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And you also have this project called Gitonga Project. Yes. What's, what's that about? Yeah, so the Gitonga Project was tied to the Everest mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was really to inspire kids and, uh, uh, and a new generation of adventurers. So what we really wanted to do as part of also the fundraising for the for the climb was also to fundraise for a few projects. So we were, we were to work with schools, uh, selected schools within the city and also outside there. And especially uh, kids surrounding the mountain areas, uh, to work with them to appreciate that beauty and uh, uh, know that they can do something different with it. Uh, and I believe that because I grew up in the, in the, in the other side of the, of the Abadeas, in the mm-hmm. near side of the Abadeas, and it's only recently that I have come to appreciate it as a place where you can go and have an adventure. So mm-hmm. for me, it was really to raise that conscience uh, among, among children. Like, uh, there's so wide range of opportunities out there that they can be able to explore, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and probably they can make something out of out of themselves, you know. Mm. So it was to be on rock climbing and uh, hiking mm. and camping, and also we were also to work with the uh, uh, deaf kids. Uh, there's an organization we were to work with called Rugaishara, mm. and uh, to see how even kids uh, who are deaf how they can be able to enjoy uh, the, the outside spaces. Yeah. So that's how the uh, and I think it will still come uh, mm. to, uh, to be and. Part of that project, I'm still returning to a school that we were already working with in Kikuyu, where I will be planting trees worth the years of my birthday. Mm. So each tree for, for 40 for, trees. For, yeah, 40 trees. Mm. And I had requested people at least if they can chip in, we can double that number. 
and it's going well. Uh, and uh, I think on 23rd, we'll be on that school, mm. uh, doing the trees and uh, at least keeping the, the whole project going. And, uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And as far as uh, mountaineering, what are, the, what are your future goals? It's a short yeah, term. Yeah, the short term. So right now, uh, we have a very ambitious project uh, mm. that we are working on at Hike Mini uh, mm. called Batty and Ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's two it's two way that we really want people to uh, to to start appreciating rock climbing also, and uh, and which is also something that we did also with hiking, mm-hmm. uh, as we entered the the market at the time we we really wanted to uh, to really like demystify, and we did that with hiking and it's uh, it was really making people comfortable with outside spaces. It's always our joy to see somebody stand. Yeah, we are talking about where do I get this, where do I get this? Mm. And you see that person grow to summit Mount Kenya and summit uh, uh, Kilimanjaro and, they are, and after that they are still asking uh, what else can I do? And That's the joy for me, mm. seeing that growth uh, in people. Uh, and uh, it, It's one of my most rewarding uh, things that I do all the time. So... Mm. Uh, now we are in climbing. It's almost where we started with hiking. Uh, it's, um, and we are doing it fortnightly. Every fortnight we are having a climb out there, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in Kenya and also at uh, Hell's Gate. Um, the groups are really small, intimate groups. Uh, and even our hikes are, like, are not like very big groups so we, because our values are really like connection so we we always want people to connect when they are doing these things mm-hmm. uh, both with themselves and nature and people uh, so so right now uh, uh, that's uh, the project that we are really focused on and we are trying to prepare people who have the dream to go up to Batian mm. uh, so, so we like have, yeah so we have this uh, two months program okay uh, both indoor and outdoors combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, to prepare them for uh, for them to be able to uh, to achieve their dream to uh, to stand at the roof. How of many Kenya. sessions indoor? Uh, indoor five, outdoors five. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, and one of them is uh, actually a hike and camp where we are doing like a bit of high altitude in dragon steel. Mm. Uh, so uh, quite an exciting thing that we are looking forward to. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's for January, so we'll go the southeast. Yeah, yeah. So we are doing the southeast in January, and then immediately after we finish the season, uh, the the January to March season, then we start again prepping people for the for the north face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, as you said, as we started, they are quite like we also do upsells like on waterfalls, mm. and those are some of also like really unique experiences that we have created at Hike Maniac, mm. uh, where people, during a hike, they can also enjoy something really totally different uh, mm. and exciting, which also we found like it's really a good introduction to uh, also rock climbing. Yeah, I've done the upsells. Yeah, there was that, was it the Gejeru? Yeah. Yeah, over there, yeah. just freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very yeah. It's yeah. nice that you're doing such uh, programs, you're offering people mm. such opportunities, because now we... We even see more Kenyans climbing Batian. Yeah, absolutely. You know, before it was just uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, tourists. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And for me, that was the really key. Like, we have we. It's good that people are coming uh, to our country to see. Mm. But actually, like one of the things uh, I worked for an American, 
Mm. And this is maybe off cuff. I worked for American as an intern with his campus. And she took me to the uh, to the north. Uh, mm-hmm. to the north actually northern the, Kenya. Uh, northern where we went uh, for the, the, some um, uh, all the way to Chalbi. Gurunit and all those oh, areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and at that time she's the one telling you this, 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 this part of Kenya. And uh, in to some extent you feel really a foreigner should not be telling me how my country looks country. like. Mm. For me, this is really key. Like, really, people to interact with their own landscapes. Like, absolutely, very key to me to see more people and and not just passing. Like, really interacting with this landscape. Like, climbing, hiking. Yeah, yeah, all the best. <laughs> you know, there's you, there's Peter Naituli. Yeah, promoting climbing yeah. in, in yeah. Kenya. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And Mwangi, some. And some Mwangi, some climbs. Yes. Yes, this hashtag, what is it? Uh, I think it's some climb 254. Yeah, yeah. No, he has a hashtag. It's a oh, uh, connect and climb. Connect and climb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah some good stuff. Okay, so our next segment is uh, answering your question segment. Question one, how did you get into rock climbing? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, it's, uh, I think it was 20, 2016. Hmm? I think it's 2016. I have I had come from Kili and mm. with... Oh, not Kili. 2015, either 2015 or 2016. And actually it was not Kili. We, because I did Kili first before Kenya. And when we did Kenya, uh, we were... Like a really group of tight friends, we, we did. You know, when we went there, and you know, people were joking, ah, let's get a photo shoot for, uh, 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 get a photo so that then that photo can be, what do you call it? Photoshop. Photoshopped for Batian, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so we joked about it. Wanjikodu, uh, Chalo, another guy called Nesh. I think you have not met Nesh and. They used to run a company at that time called Ecotrek. They were really doing amazing jobs at that time. Um, and so you, we just joked about it. Like, actually, things that you feel they are out of your reach. Mm. Genuinely, and you don't think about like, let's take, we'll be photoshopped, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but there was something that was growing even at that time. Like, really, every time you are, you are upping, you are feeling like you really just want to do something more and better. And, mm. and, and also, like, really appreciating that these things are not for a specific type of people. Mm. If you put your mind into it, you will be able to achieve it. And that's how um, uh, I, I, I came to do And we went to Hellsgate with Chalo mm. at that time. And uh, another friend of ours called Kush, I think you met him at the Engage. Uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, and we we started training, and we did. But of course, sometimes you start as a group, and then you are. People so I ended up going to uh, that first attempt on my own. Uh, but I did with the Naituri. He was a teenager at that time, mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, and this the attempt was also really risky. There was mm. rock falls. There was the weather was not conducive, and we had and I had a number of other four of them. I had five failed attempts for Batian. Wait, five failed attempts uh, before you submitted? Before I submitted. What? Yeah. So you submitted on the sixth? On the sixth time. 
Yeah, oh. yeah. And one of the time where it was one pitch to the pick, and you had to stand around. One pitch. One pitch. When they took one. And we I'm had, a see, see, see it was a tricky walk. pitch where like, we had we didn't have like the climbing shoes ah. and the f- normal climb uh, hiking boots could not be able to like grip and yeah. we felt like it was for the, for the lead to be able to do it it was, it was we didn't want any huh. any crazy uh, things that we, d- we just decided to turn it took back. six climbs six climbs but people are lucky. Wow. Other people have been lucky and they have been able to do. But I also appreciate that process yeah. because it made me know whether I really wanted to do something or not. I and for me that's really beautiful. It has really yeah. made me bond with that mountain in a in a big way. I almost feel like I know both sides of them of the of the south and the of the, the north. north so intimately. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now to continue and continue, yeah, yeah. like what kept you going like that as in like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like um, uh, I think because I take breaks, mm. maybe I'll go to another project and sometimes even forget like I, I, I was, uh, I was really looking to go to Batian. So maybe I have a project in Ruenzori we go and we mm. do, um, like I'm constantly engaged in something, mm. and when I return to it, it's almost like you're starting the project afresh. Mm. Of course, there were some really bad times. Like there was really one. Actually, it's not even the the the. the <laughs> there was another one that I did there on the north face that I felt <laughs> really bad that we were turning, but mm. there was so much snow and uh, it, it was really not safe for us to continue. So wow. we, we had to turn back. Yeah. But also with that, you have a lot of experience. Ab- in absolutely, now. that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it, it really gives you so much richness of the experience of the mountain. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for your Batian Ready program, like how much is the cost, and then it's uh, when is it? So the so for those who took, uh, we we had really advertised for it uh, in end of September, mm. like for people to take it as a package. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, for the six sessions, uh, for the six sessions, uh, five sessions outside, mm-hmm. and the climb itself. Mm-hmm. So I think the amount was ca- and uh, the amount was coming to about what uh, 130 k, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, five sessions outside, five sessions indoor. In, no, no, no. The indoors oh, were minus indoor. It's minus indoors for yeah. for the for the for the for, yeah, for the for the package. Yeah, oh. because those ones we pay directly to the gym. Blue sky. Yeah, yeah, to blue sky. Oh, so it's five yeah. sessions outside. Uh, five sessions outside Hell's with Gate. a hike and camp, uh-huh. Hell's Gate and Lukenya, uh-huh. and uh, Satima. And Satima, mm. and then uh, and then the climb itself, oh, and through okay. the the southeast, uh, the southeast face. What's so our basic our base camp is Austrian Hut. Oh, okay. Yeah, the maximum maximum number. So we we have really distributed the attempts. Mm. So they will range from early January. End of January, early February, mm. end of February, and one in early March. So we will spread out the the team very nicely across across. So the, how many people? Is it one uh, person? It, the 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 guiding is one to one. Okay. Yeah. So that that we have made because we need to increase the chances of somebody making it to the top. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Tips for beginners and hiking with kids. Ah, yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. So I think, I think it's uh, to start small. Mm. <laughs> I ride motorbikes. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, 
and the first time I, I met this like, uh, this guy we hike with, but he's also like big in the riding. He's called Moses Ijerito. I don't know if you have hiked yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you ask which is the appropriate bike that you should start with. Uh, and of course, this is the guy who rides like the, the top of yeah, the range. Yeah, yeah, yeah the top of the. And he said, like, "Just look for a border border. Do the, do the, and train with it. Like, like the lowest CC, probably like just a low CC, just to get hand of. And I think for anything that you're starting, aim to start small and gradually keep going. Mm. And uh, so, don't feel bad to start with cargo if that's what mm. is available for you at this point, and go to Gong Hills, go to Kereita, go to all this uh, easy Kijabe. And there's variety, wrong or not. Mm. Yeah, like just start. Uh, and even if sometimes don't even aim to finish, mm. just go and do something. And once you're there, and enjoy that experience. I always try and see people enjoy that first experience because <laughs> it will shape the way you, you move forward. Moving forward, <laughs> if it's for you. <laughs> move forward from that. Yeah, but I think starting small is really okay. And, uh, and for kids. Uh, yeah. 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 Ah, kids. And for kids also. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes parents we, parents, we fear so much, especially mm. being with kids outside. <laughs> it's already fearful to be with a kid in the mall sometimes. <laughs> It's even harder to be the kid <laughs> uh, on the outside spaces. Maybe you are fearing they will get injured or they will get... Yeah. But I find, like, with my experience with my children, it's, it's, I think I have the easiest time with my children when I'm, I'm outside mm. because you don't even struggle with how to entertain them. There's mm. so much to discover. There are butterflies, there are insects, there is water. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. just starting... And then for for kids, then also you should not have like really big goals, mm. <laughs> achieving big goals. Maybe you just have it. yeah. Wherever they get, uh, if there's the kids that can walk really quite distances, then you just let them from wherever they get. You can try and encourage, it, but when it's it's done, also because you have to measure their energy of returning, mm. <laughs> the return journey. So I'm out of Yeah, I'm So <laughs> and uh, but there there enough quite easy trails for for kids, mm. especially kids between five and ten years. They enough kids. I would recommend Karura. I would recommend Orua. I would recommend mm. Gong Hills because you can go even to first hill or second hill, and and you say you are done. You can go to Gatamayo. Uh, Kereita, mm-hmm. um, Kemakia. There's mm-hmm. quite, it's quite, it's quite a lot uh, of shows that you can actually, exp- and actually any show you can experience with your channel, as long as you're not aiming to like get to the summit. to the summit or anything. <laughs> and that's how I do it. Yeah. I, if, especially for the big mountains, mm. I cannot put so much pressure on the boy <laughs> like Wandai. Mm. Like, you have to do this. Because otherwise, at the end of that experience, is either you have them or you don't. Yeah. Forever. So you you have to. And and, and sometimes they, they are big investments. Like for me to be mm. with him in Kilimanjaro, <laughs> it's quite something. But you, it's the experience more than any cost that you can put on such mm. a, uh, on such experiences. Yeah. Imagine his classmates is like the only one who's yeah. done that. <laughs> and I also have a, an eight-year-old nephew now. It's actually seeing you, like with your son, yeah. and also seeing Job, uh-huh, like yeah, yeah, with his yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 I'm like, ah, oh, actually, Peleko. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I, I think it's... Yeah. And, and kids also will surprise you. 
That's also what I have realized. We we tend to think, oh, and especially when they have a company, mm. you'll have an easy time. Mm. Especially if you are a parent with siblings and mm. they are, their age is pretty much... Uh, uh, you'll not have any like really big, or even coming with a friend who also have uh, kids of the same age, you'll not have big struggle outside there. And uh, but of course, there are the things that you you really need to uh, to like. Kids are eating all the time. Mm. Uh, it's not like an adult will say, "Oh, they have to be well fed eating. every yeah, time." Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when they feel like they want to, eat, so you have to maybe carry some snacks, some uh, some. Um, some energy, yes, not energy drink, some drinks, maybe, mm. yeah, and, uh, for them to have along the way. Mm. Yeah, and, and most importantly, uh, as a parent is to take a dose of patience in the morning. <laughs> 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 uh, to just have a chill day. Yeah, yeah like, uh, kill, kill any expectation of where you think your child should have reached on this trail. Or, yeah. yeah, just kill it. And, yeah, it's about yeah. and especially before they understand how hiking is going, you know, you already know maybe there are summits, there are what, maybe as you're starting, the, the, the child doesn't know those things. So mm. allow them maybe now to start appreciating the sport itself and what it means, like people have goals mm. to reach summits and all these things. And once now they're there, like now and I would say, hey, the next time I, I really want to get to this peak, already now they are, he's appreciating the... Mm. <laughs> the reward of getting to a summit, mm. but when he was younger, if you, if you just push and push, then you are what pushing for? him outside of the of the of the sport. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What snacks do you carry normally for a hike? Um. I I love the carob strips. Oh. <laughs> they, they are really nice for me. <laughs> I, okay. I really find them. Uh-huh. Uh, hoping that you get the really sugary ones. Like, <laughs> you sweet <know>? carrots. <laughs> the sweet carrots, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Also oranges. Yeah. I love uh, apple. Mm. Yeah. I also do sandwiches. Uh, sometimes I do, especially when I was in the vegan world, I, yeah. I was also doing like mushrooms. Okay. I still do. Cooked even, mushrooms. Yeah, cooked mushrooms. Uh, and then I do like uh, a sandwich for that. Oh, okay. It's really nice. Um, I love it. Yeah, and so I think those, those are some of the energy bars. They are like yeah, really are. quality energy bars out there nowadays mm. and, uh, uh, that people can can do. But best, I think maybe what you can insist on is uh, <coughs> on that energy bar. What does it have? Uh, the granola is really good mm. with uh, with dashes of uh, raisins, mm. dates. Mm. Also good. Yeah, mm. I don't take a lot of them, but. One of it and just put in the mouth. It's just these are healthy yeah, snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah. I don't do. For me, I don't do any processed, uh, mm. processed, uh, like really instant like glucose or or even uh, sodas. Mm. Uh, but I'm not saying for people who want to mm. enjoy their soda, it's okay. No, but these, <laughs> are, these are your snacks. But, yeah, but, enjoy. yeah, yeah. But for me, mm. and they stay a lot. Uh, like the. They, they they release the energy slowly and that's mm. the beauty of them especially a banana for example yeah, yeah. yeah for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. now this one is did you ever feel like giving up I guess now after your incident well um, you feel the punch yeah. <laughs> definitely you feel the punch but after you internalize everything, you rise up again. I think that's mm. the beauty of everything is 
uh, is not uh, is appreciating that you can go down but don't stay there yeah always come up back again and and uh, go and and for me like really pushing for something that you strongly feel in your heart that should you should not never get a reason or excuse for it mm. always keep going yeah keep going because that gives you the reason why you're here like the existence of it mm. and when that is removed then you are just living very mediocre life i think <laughs> so, yeah, for yeah, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, would you ever do the 14 peaks I, i i think it's something that could be done mm. <laughs> it's not something i could rule out but uh, but as you have seen especially in the experience because i know most of kenyans have really watched the 14 peaks it's really capital intensive these things yeah um and uh, like for example even for me by the time we, i was going to himrung i didn't have budget for everest mm. and i was really hoping that the summit of himrung would really raise the interest and the attention of people uh, mm. uh to see that this is actually coming and it should ha- and it would have i think um and i think we would have been set to uh, to go to the everest uh, in in april this year but It's what it is. It is what it is. I believe it can still happen. It, and it can mm. still happen. No, I have not ruled mm. out um, uh, the possibility of... Uh, actually, if you look at the, all the peaks, the 8,000 peaks, mm. I, feel, I still feel the Everest is the most accessible and very doable peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Support yeah. and everything. Of the 14 of, the 14 of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's a producer's question. Yeah. How long would it have taken uh for the condition like when you got uh snow blindness would it be irreversible at what point yeah. oh, well i After i, I cannot really like, give specific but the yeah. like even how the the other conditions like frostbite happen yeah uh they say maybe like within if you have not seeked attention between 48 and 72 hours Mm. there's there's a very good chance that you are losing something yeah and i believe even the the eyesight if you have like the cornea is frozen and it's frozen for that period probably also mm. it could probably be not reversible and if maybe you re, you re, it it gets back maybe it's impaired yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. so once it happens you have maximum three days mm-hmm. To get help yeah, and to, yeah, to like yeah, live. To yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So any, yeah. any, any, like words for the hike maniacs out yeah. there, <laughs> and for your well, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Big shout out to anyone who have ever hiked with us, mm. climbed with us. <laughs> Amazing. You are the reason why we we keep moving and keep exploring new dimensions of how we enjoy the outside space and uh, from us from hikimaniac team we'll keep uh, bringing to you uh, these beautiful experiences and exploring more uh, we we have not and and there's still so much to come like mm. uh, the world out there like maybe in the western world they have national trails so uh, this is something that is really 
key to us at Hike Meaning that one day Kenya will have a national trail. National that maybe it's the, yeah, like starts from the coast <laughs> and cuts across the country all the way to the north. Nice. And uh, yeah. maybe people can do it either as sections or as as one thing, like the way we have the operation trails yeah. in the US and the and the Pacific Crest Trail. It's and, a nice project. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe maybe one day that will come true. Yeah. And mm. as we keep uh, pushing boundaries and uh, uh, pushing limits in the in the outside spaces. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cheers, Gitonga. Yeah, Sana. Cheers for coming. <laughs> Cheers, men, for having me. Uh, Appreciate it. And that's our episode. <laughs> See you on the next one.